Welcome back to another episode of The Bad Batch. Today, let's go over episode three, The Solitary Clone. By far my favorite episode of any Bad Batch episode that we've had so far, including season one. So we start the episode off on Desix, which has a very sunburst color palette. It's beautiful, the animation is much better, the lighting is much better each season that comes out. And I think that Dave Filoni really knows what he's doing with Star Wars, especially when it comes to animated stuff. I'm very excited for Ahsoka. Now this planet reminds Reminds me a lot of Genosis, but it's clearly its own thing. It's not Genosis at all. As the Empire lands as Governor Groton and his stormtroopers get out of the ship, we first can notice, of course, that we are seeing a hybrid design of clone troopers and stormtroopers. Now, this is actually the very first design of stormtrooper that Ralph McQuarrie made for George Lucas in the 70s. I think it's cool that they incorporated this, that they used this, and that this is some sort of a transition version, perhaps. Maybe these are human soldiers, and they're using this version to differentiate between clones and human recruits, or they're just new suits for clones. Governor Groton tries to control Desix through Imperial rule, kind of like how they always do. Show up on a planet, say we're taken over. When he is met by Ton Ames, who tells him that Desix doesn't fall under Imperial jurisdiction. As they hold the Empire hostage with the huge amount of Separatist droids still in operation, we see the Empire back down. Now, this of course is a big no-no for the Empire. A shutdown order was given to the droids across the galaxy at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So clearly, this was a Separatist world under the control, or we could say protection, of Count Dooku. Crosshair wakes up in his cell on what looks like Coruscant, as Rampart gives him a new mission. Now, this episode was one of my favorites for many reasons, but one of them was the fact that we got to see a different side of the Empire. We got to see the bad guys, or so-called. We got to see the clones, including Crosshair, and of course, our main man that's about to come up, Cody. Rampart tells Crosshair to go to Desix and free the governor being held captive. Rampart removes Crosshair of his commander title. This is a big loss for him as he says he's not fit to lead any squad, but rather he has a new commander, who of course is Commander Cody. Now, Commander Cody was Obi-Wan Kenobi's right-hand man in the Clone Wars, as far as clones on the battlefield go. He was leader of the 212th Battalion and led the onslaught against General Grievous on Utapau. He was the first one to execute Order 66 on Obi-Wan Kenobi, betraying him. I find it really interesting that he's gone AWOL at the end of this episode, but more on that later. I have a lot to say. Crosshair goes to meet his new squad, and he's reunited with Commander Cody. This is beautiful. We haven't seen the guy in 15 years and Star Wars. Now we find out that Cody was the one that requested Crosshair. They talk about the Bad Batch, Clone Force 99, going rogue during Order 66, and Cody says it's weird that more and more clones have been questioning the Order, as Crosshair makes a Jedi remark, saying that they're all traitors just like the Jedi. Now, the music drops here at this point, and Cody looks down and over, and this makes me think that he regrets ever trying to kill Obi-Wan, and this theory of mine is confirmed, at least I think a little more confirmed, at the end of this episode, and we'll talk about that at the end. So, I think I think he's regretting trying to kill Obi-Wan, or at least has some doubt in his actions. This is beautiful, our boy is returning back to us, and maybe he'll join Rex or the Bad Batch. Or heck, maybe Ahsoka. They go over the briefing with the rest of the clones, and they discuss how the droids are still activated. And Crosshair says they could have been reprogrammed to activate, which is very possible. Ames talks to Governor Groton and tells him that Dooku was right. He always said the Republic was corrupt, and that one day it'll fall and turn into something much worse, a galactic empire. 
Dooku has the shortest end of the stick, I think, with Palpatine. He was such a pawn, and he didn't even know it. He felt that Palpatine, him, and Anakin would eventually work together as Sith and lead a new Sith army one day. This is all in the Revenge of the Sith novel. He had no idea that Palpatine would have killed him on the Invisible Handship when he was ordered to just test Anakin during their duel. And Dooku thinking that the Republic was corrupt is literally one of the main giant reasons that he left the Jedi Order after Qui-Gon Jinn died. And the fact that the Jedi were kind of just chasing the tail of the Republic and doing whatever they asked really made him feel disillusioned and made him just want to get away from the Republic entirely, forcing him sort of into the hands of Palpatine. The droids shoot down the clones as we see the return of the Separatist tanks and B-1 battle droids with commando droids later on in the show, which is always fun to see. This episode in its entirety was really fun. The movement of the clones on this mission was beautiful, all working in unison as one. Crosshair provides some heavy precision fire and they neutralize a tank as they move inside, where it's probably one of the best animated Star Wars battles I've ever seen after the opening of Season 7. Heck, even Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 1 was also really nice, but I feel like the lighting just gets really good in this episode. The animation continues to improve tremendously each season of any animated project, and I think Dave Filoni really has a grasp on everything going forwards with Star Wars. As the clones divide into two teams, we get a cool horror scene type of thing where droidicas are heard and we see how terrifying it is for the clones as they show up and activate their force field. They use some tactical moves to eliminate them, and my favorite above all was when the clones threw a electric detonator at a B-1 battle droid, short-circuiting him as he dropped into the force field of the droidica, and then exploding, making the infamous noise we all know from Battlefront. Crosshair and Cody work together to get around the spiral staircase, which is filled with commando droids as Crosshair hits some literal wall bangers, like the guy's been playing COD forever. This was really fun to see. He is an enhanced clone, so seeing his abilities like this is truly special. Especially when Cody took out the commandos with the knife, and I think this was more than just a regular knife. I mean, it could have been a regular knife, but it also could have been a vibroblade, which is the same one that we saw in The Mandalorian. A vibroblade is essentially something that it's just vibrating extremely fast so it cuts through pretty much anything like butter or like a lightsaber would but of course not as effective and doesn't cut through literally everything like a lightsaber would except for of course Beskar and maybe Cortosa's blade. Now the cool part about this episode was when Cody threw the reflector into the air and Crosshair shot it mid-air mid-spin for the winning hit. Ames walks out with Groton and informs Cody that Desix has separated from the Republic years ago, that they're independent and that the Empire has no jurisdiction here. Which fair enough, I mean the Empire just showed up and says hey we now control you, you're under the Empire's command. No way. Cody mentions that their droid army attacked them, and she tells him that they were defending themselves. So Cody expresses that the Empire is merely trying to bring peace to the galaxy, when she informs him that this really is not the case. She tried to put forth a treaty with Separatists and the Republic alike when Palpatine rejected the treaty for peace. She says the Supreme Chancellor. So this is before the end of Revenge of the Sith. Before the Chancellor, the Supreme Chancellor became the Emperor. This moment seems to really shift Cody as he takes his helmet off and lays his blaster down, telling Ames that they've both lived through one war, so let's not start another. That this can be resolved without bloodshed. 
She listens and she releases the governor, who then orders Cody to fire upon her. He refuses and tells him he promised her a peaceful solution to this as he stalls and thinks how he's going to refuse and get out of the situation. She drops dead as Crosshair gets the job done and the music is super epic, dark, gritty, and Cody is standing there in absolute shock. This is the moment Cody really switches. I think he's been switching for a while. I think he's been gradually on his move to change his thinking, at least having these doubts. And then finally, this moment was where he really made that leap into the light side. And one thing I want to mention is that, yes, while clones, of course, do execute Order 66 among Jedi, they aren't necessarily as dogmatic and robotic when it comes to betraying a civilian or killing someone who's not a Jedi. Now, of course, they are meant to follow orders, and that is one of the main points of Order 66 of the inhibitor chip is good soldiers follow orders. But we can also argue that maybe if this was a Jedi, then Cody would have killed him. But I just don't think so. I think Cody at this point is extremely conflicted and he really regrets what he did to Obi-Wan Kenobi. As the Empire takes the city, we see even more of the stormtroopers in their hybrid outfits, original Ralph McQuarrie concept art, patrolling as citizens carry goods in their hands. Heading back to their headquarters, Crosshair and Cody speak, and it's a really interesting few lines back and forth. Cody inquires his purpose. He asks if they're making the galaxy better. Crosshair says that they're soldiers. We do what needs to be done. So we blindly just follow. We do what we're ordered to do. We're soldiers. That's our job. You know what makes us different from battle droids, says Cody? We make our own decisions, our own choices, and we have to live with them too. So I think right here, Cody is implying that he feels really guilty about firing upon Obi-Wan Kenobi on Utapau in Revenge of the Sith during Order 66. I think this is the moment where he really actually regrets doing what he did and probably misses Obi-Wan. I wonder if he's going to go searching for him or trying to at least see if he's still alive. I think Cody leaves the Empire as he's just feeling guilty and disillusioned, much like Dooku did with the Jedi. He may find Cut Laquane, the farmer clone, and he may know some info on the Bad Batch, which Cody would then try and track them down. Cody might also seek out Rex and end up working with him and Ahsoka, which would be fun. Now, really far-fetched theory is that he would go to Darth Vader and try to find if Obi-Wan Kenobi was alive, and maybe they could search for him together in the hopes that Cody would find him first and maybe apologize. Maybe we'll see him in an Obi-Wan Kenobi season two if we ever get one. Rampart says Cody has gone AWOL, meaning he has left the Empire. And it almost seems like Crosshair is giving Cody's words some thought as well, as he walks in the hall of many grunts, all looking the same, while he sticks out like a sore thumb. He is different, and I think Crosshair is going to also turn against the Empire eventually, maybe join his brothers, or die in the process. Overall, a fantastically amazing episode in my opinion. I really enjoyed this one. I love seeing the dynamic of different clones and how they deal with Order 66 individually. Cody's arc is now beginning, as we see he regrets his actions during Order 66, and questions his purpose and allegiance to the Empire. I hope we'll understand more as to why some clones disobey Order 66, while others continue to blindly follow it. We also notice how Rampart sees the clones as expendable creatures, unlike Plo Koon, of course. Not to me. 
This may be another reason as to why the Empire chose stormtroopers in canon and not clones, as they were too emotional and conflicted as they fought for both sides at one point in time. Now, of course, the old legend's answer is that Palpatine just wanted a bigger number of armies. He wanted more soldiers. He wanted more foot traffic. He wanted more stormtroopers all around the galaxy because it looked like just more imposing if you have a larger army. He didn't really care if they were all that good at fighting because he could, at the end of the day, really deal with any sort of situation he wanted with the help of Vader. So for him, it was really just a numbers game and kind of just showboating and flexing that his army is this big. Sheer numbers and size versus quality was his way of thinking. So I wonder if those stormtroopers were actually humans in their recruits, and that was a way to differentiate those with clones, or if it's just some clones in some new suits fit for the Empire, and eventually they'll turn into stormtrooper armor. I really love this episode. Let me know what you thought about the episode in its entirety. If you have any questions about it, let the community know, let me know, comment down below, and I will see you all in the next episode. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Star Wars Theory, as well as on Spotify at Star Wars Theory. Hope you all have a fantastic day. Thanks for watching today's episode, and I will see you in the next one. Until then, remember, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, the Force will be with you always. Always.